keep reading it as Hobby Lobby, and I'm like, no. <laughs> well, Anne did put Hobby Lobby here. Hobby Lobby, not. And I think I have it in my intro. Yeah, <laughs> not. <I do>. <laughs> not. <laughs> and monkeys might fly out of my butt. Swing! <laughs> oh God! Meredith, the MDH Van Harn, reporting live from Money Pit Studios in Detroit, Michigan, and this show has everything. Ghost towns, 8-track collections, bowling, it's a sport, feng shui, mm-hmm. spoons, and whatever noodling is, just to name a few. This week, we're discussing hobbies. Trendy hobbies, our current hobbies, our past hobbies, our new hobbies that we might be better suited for based on yet another highly scientific internet quiz or two. And joining me today to discuss the various ways we occupy all the free time we have in our lives of leisure is the Tishi Coven. In, <laughs> yes, of course, in Middle Age Momish Studios in Austin, Texas. She will not be anything but first. It's Hillary Butler. Hi, Hillary. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yes, hobbies. There, I, we all have such ample time for. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, I'm creating new worlds, and I don't know. My side gig. No, I don't have anything. But yes, yay, hobbies. We need. We all need more ways to <laughs> occupy our copious free time. Yes. Um, and over there in Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Ann Lundholm. I got nothing but time in this sad, lonely life. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Give me those single lady hobbies. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what noodling is later. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that sounded... Never mind. Uh, and of course, last but not least, in No Name Studios in Lidwood, Washington, it's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, it's fishing for catfish using one's bare hands. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Popular in the southern states. There's a couple of different ways that uh, catfishing could be a hobby in this day and age. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. previously said that all I want is for one of my friends to be non-violently catfishing. <laughs> <laughs> so you can just hear about it and live through Tell it. Tell me everything. Yeah. I think it. also you want the creation of the mystery so you can become Hillary Butler people's detective <laughs> I do. and uh, track them down. <laughs> I hope that's one of your hobbies you're going to talk about. Uh, like, ne- what's that guy's name? Nev? Whatever the guy on Catfish, that's me. Oh yeah, <laughs> that'd be such. That a would great be a fun job. thing to investigate. Yes, as long yeah. as I don't, I don't want to be the person to go and talk to the catfisher and be like, "So what's oh, up?" Absolutely not. Oh, I do no. not want to no, confront that part, them. Mm-hmm. I just want to present no. the evidence to the party and be like, "Do with this what you will." <laughs> I don't Confrontation know is very uncomfortable. No. I don't want to. Do that, that is part. not my hobby. Absolutely Mm-mm. not. I'd be like, oh, carry on. It's fine. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I'm not the Chris Hansen type uh, to catch a predator. I'm not going to show up in the kitchen and ask the guy why he brought the six pack of Mike's Hard Lemonade to meet a 14 year old. Nope. 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 I, st- I, I wish I was better at graphic design. I would superimpose Anne's head on Chris Hansen's body. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you have like a batch a of cookies call out <laughs> there, guys. Oh, what kind of cookies did you make, Ann? <laughs> right. Chris Ann. He said he was 22. <laughs> Uh, today on the show, we will, of course, bring you some small talk, uh, which includes a return to Hillary's Horny Corner. It's like uh, Return to Pooh Corner, but so I'm so different. excited. <laughs> I know. And we have a good old-fashioned Tishy appropriate appliance install story. Um, we're going to go over the question of the week from last week, which was uh, space movies. And for medium talk, we're going to Hobby Lobby. Not. <laughs> <laughs> then we've got some Tishi recommends. And of course, we'll let you know how you can get involved with the show. Um, so first up is small talk. And we have to start with the horny corner. So Hillary, okay. why don't you take it away? All right. So a couple weeks ago, I'd say about three weeks ago, because my Libby app was about to run out. So I know it was roughly about three weeks ago. Um, I got a recommendation from a fellow host, uh, Ms. Ann Lindholm, mm-hmm. um, of a book that I might enjoy called Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. Um, and so I immediately downloaded it. But then for whatever reason, like I was reading something else or it just sort of like slipped my mind. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, yeah, I have that like waiting in my in my Libby app. Um, and um, I listened to it and I, the narrator was excellent. Very, very, very good. I he did a wonderful job, but, um, it is, was such a lovely book. And I know this is a loose horny corner because, well, that sounds kind of gross, but like, (laughs) 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 I know cause there are some definite horny moments, but it's not like extreme. Like I've read more horny. It's more of a romance than an erotica. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's romance and it is, so sweet and just like a lovely, lovely book. Mm. And at the, by the end of it, I was cooking dinner and people in my house kept, as Christy says, my roommates <laughs> kept talking mm-hmm. to me and I had my earpods in and I'm like, like, stop. Cause I, it's getting to the, you know, final scene. And <laughs> I, it like many times actually throughout it sort of made me tear up because it was it was just lovely it was talking about people's weaknesses and accepting them for who they are as they are and not trying to change them necessarily even though these people evolved to some degree um and it was just I don't know it was just a really lovely book and as we were talking about it on um our jamboree I was saying it's kind of a the closest thing I can as describe it as sort of like a sort of like a gay Bridget Jones diary, but not exactly. Cause it's not, it's not um, a pl- pistolary or anything, you know, it's not like that, but it is sort of the setup of somebody who's ostensibly a mess and somebody who is a barrister and um, kind of has his shit together. Fancy. Yes. Very fancy. And it does take place in London. Um, and it is definitely like fake boyfriend, turns into real boyfriend oh but yeah it's it's a subgenre of romance that i call i need a fake date <laughs> yes mm, which is exactly. a fairly yeah, yeah, yeah. common plot we all know that story yeah, like yeah. i just romance novelist i just can't bear to go to this wedding you know at my family alone and show that i'm still single and have nobody so i'm gonna get this person to mm-hmm. come and pretend to be my boyfriend mm-hmm. or or um the plot of my favorite a B-level rom-com starring Jennifer Aniston, Picture Perfect. Great. Where it's a, she... Actually, Picture Perfect is great. It's a really good one. I mean, it's <laughs> terrible, but... <laughs> no, it's I, awful. I love it I love so it. much. <laughs> it's 
so good. The one and only time people looked at Jay Moore and thought, mm, he could be a leading man. <laughs> <laughs> that quickly stopped right after the, that movie but yeah no he, it that's it is very charming then they slowly fall in love and realize um what i what i did like about this and this is not really a spoiler is sometimes i get hung up when they're like well this isn't real so we're gonna like resist it and this they don't really resist it that much like there's not a ton of like no, no, it's not real. We're not right for each other. Like they, they kind of accept a little bit that they <clears throat> really like each other and are very attracted to each other. And that's, I don't know. I thought that was kind of nice. Um, and it also goes, I've said this before, but my, um, my brother-in-law, Andy has always said he wish he lived in England because he feels like he could be famous there. I mean, kind of as a joke, <laughs> but it is, it sort of goes and shows like everybody in England can be famous. If you just try like a little bit hard, like it, whether you're re- on a reality show or you make a big splash somehow, it's such a small area. Not that many people there. No, you know? I know. And there's so much paparazzi and there's so many tabloids that somehow you can be like a little bit famous there. So it, it goes to show <laughs> that that is true. Uh, you're the son of a washed up, um, mildly famous. I mean, I guess he's a very famous, kind rock, of famous star. rock star. Just old. I was thinking of it's kind of a lot like how Tom Jones has is now on the British Voice, mm-hmm. and there's a whole like two at least generations who basically have no idea who Tom Jones is. Yeah, and all of a sudden here's this old guy, and people are like, "Oh, oh, his music is kind of cool." And like, the older remember, people are like, "Oh my god, I love him!" I threw my panties at him once upon a time. Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, now, that so yeah, no, it's it's very true, and all the supporting characters are kind of funny. Actually, my favorite supporting character because it's so English is his coworker who is <laughs> Alex. Yes, who is so like terrible at his job but he is this like perfect encapsulation of like the highest class english person who knows all of this arcane knowledge but has no idea to ac- how to actually function in the world it's and he's like kind of an asshole but also sweet at the same time and at guess well meaning but also probably like completely racist and terrible but like in that very english way that you're like oh well, it's kind of charming <laughs> um no, it was, it was, I, I highly recommend it. It was really, really, really sweet. And it was very easy to get on Libby. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it and almost enjoyed it. I mean, this is the only, this is only the second really like LGBTQ um, romance that I've read. The other one was Red, White and Royal Blue, which I also enjoyed, but I actually enjoyed this one a little bit better. I thought that the characters were a little bit more well-rounded in this one. Yeah. Um, I think that's good. Up. Yeah. I, I this is the first um, gay romance that I have read just because I don't think I've read a romance for a long time. Like I went through a romance phase in my God, 20s, maybe early 30s. And I don't think that they were really either they weren't writing them or they weren't getting any kind of publicity enough that I would ever have been able to find them. So uh, after a decade plus a hiatus from the horny corner, I came back and I was like, oh, this is so sweet. I actually read it twice. I read it once and then I immediately reread it because I enjoyed it so much. Oh, that sounds like the ideal horny corner book. Like that's exactly what Hillary is always looking for, right? Yes. Yes. And I actually would would read it again because in the very beginning, the, the narrator main character 
is kind of so terrible. And he presents himself as terrible. Like, he kind of knows he's terrible. It's not that he's unaware. Um, so I mean, it's not terrible, but he's no, no. he's just a he's mess. He's a mess. Yeah, he's, he's a mess. He's a, 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 the, what did they say? The minorly famous offspring of a D-list celebrity or something. Yes. And he's just gotten caught making a few bad decisions by the paparazzi and has decided what the fuck I'll just live down to those expectations. And so he's not doing great. So in the very beginning, I was like, I don't like him. Like he, you know, so now that I kind of, I've gotten to the end of it, I think I could go back and reread it and be like, Oh, you know, now I see like, I, I'm not setting up all those barriers of enjoying it by being annoyed with him. Now I'm like, Oh no, I can kind of see, you know, I have some warmness in my heart for him, but it was, it was very sweet. And, you know, I just, I am a sucker for English class things. It's so interesting to me because the, it, the, the boyfriend in it, um, Oliver's his name, right? Yeah. Oliver. Mm-hmm. He's definitely from a upper class. It's so interesting to me in England that like in the upper, upper classes, the, what are they called? The uh, peers, like being an attorney is looked down upon like like you have to have a job Uh, and that's sort of like it's a sort of middle class to have a job whereas your whole job is supposed to just be like a rich person and that's who his parents are anyway I find it very interesting and I think that they subtly tackle that a little bit so two thumbs up I heartily recommend boyfriend material and it was very uh, it was very easy to get on Libby so you don't even have to go through ye old evil Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and I believe gonna... there is an upcoming sequel of <gasps> Husband Material. Oh! Ooh, I, I did actually, in that one. when I just went to Goodreads, <laughs> I saw that it said Boyfriend Material number one. I'm like, I'm sorry, excuse me, what? It, so that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. I will be checking that out. Um, Alright. If we're done with Horny Corner, we have to go to another soap opera, another saga <laughs> That's hopefully not multi-parted. Um, Meredith, you got a new washer and dryer. Tell us about it. Yeah, um, I was doing laundry. Wait, and why is this relevant to us at Tishi as a whole? <laughs> yeah, Hillary, why? Um, you know, dishwasher gate three times. Mm. God, I do love my dishwasher. Knock on wood. It's a great dishwasher. So hopefully it'll stand the test of time, at least for the next, I don't know. It was worth all the struggles. I guess. But yes. But yes. And wait, but then you had your oven debacle as well, right? Um, no. D- didn't they have to like yeah, send the timer? Remember, they sent you oh, the money. That was with- <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there was so much going on last summer. I forgot about that. That was the, just the clock. Right. was bro- was broken like one of the the little led lights wasn't right and so it was hard to tell what the time was and they were they just gave me a, check a new for one the full cost of the oven. <laughs> and i was like okay and i just had a guy come and fix the clock <laughs> so you got a so free like, ovens for yeah, me it was two hundred dollars to get the clock fixed which is insane but it was yeah. like they gave me a check for a grand and i was like okay <laughs> well that worked out well yeah, yeah. so i, I have that, a little bit better that we work. have a um a large investment in talking about our large appliances on this show, whether it be yes. refrigerators or washer and dryers or dishwashers or ovens. Yes. Yeah. And and luckily this story, I'll, spoiler alert, has a pretty happy ending. Um, but I was doing laundry two weeks ago and I think this came up when I was um, 
I was discussing those uh, linen napkins that I got from Trader Joe's that I love so much, but I hate to iron. And I was like, gosh, I wish I, I, I said to Gregory, I wish we had one of those dryers that had a steam function because yeah. it helps wrinkles um, release faster. It's like makes things easier to iron. I don't think it really gets rid of wrinkles totally, but it at least makes the ironing less of an annoying chore. And so I was like kind of just putzing around doing laundry. And then I went to throw a load in the dryer and the dryer wouldn't start. And I was like, oh, darn. <laughs> you manifested it. Luck. I used my powers, my coven powers. Yeah, I was going to gonna say, you are a witch. Yep, I am. Um, and uh, I was like, told Gregory to come look at because he's good. At, he's pretty handy. He can fix stuff. And I was like, half-heartedly like i guess i should tell him to come look at it <laughs> he was like yeah won't turn on so we just <laughs> started shopping for dryers like immediately so i found a set that i like and luckily this was over labor day weekend so i got a screaming deal nice <laughs> yeah um i bought them from costco because um they add on to the warranty so i i just have so little faith in these sort of things yeah. that any extra warranty I'm going to take. Yeah. And it was a, it was a good price. And it was the the one that I, that I think it was the one that wire cutter recommended or very similar. And I kind of tend to trust in wire cutter. Um, so I set up, you know, um, the order and they gave me a, you know, a delivery date and they called me the day before with the time frame. Um, you know, they said that it would be between, it was kind of late. It was like between five and 7 PM. <laughs> on a Thursday, and I was like, okay, I guess. Getting close um, to your bedtime. That's weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, like, I got, like, I was super excited, and we, we like, cleared a path and, and, and made the basement ready and, and cleaned everything up, and and we're sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting, and goes past, like, 7, it's 7.15. I'm like, what? Tired. Come on. I have to go to sleep. No, I wasn't really that tired. Um, so they called me at like eight, I think they sent me an email first of all at eight that said, your team's on the way. <laughs> They'll be there around seven Oh three or whatever. And I was like, Ugh, it's kind of late for that. Um, but then they called me and they were like, well, we can drop them off, but we can't install them because one of our installers is injured. Oh. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. He's like, do you have, he said, do you have room in your garage? And I was like, no. Because no. first of all, I mean, we probably could have made it work, but it, it, not with my car in there. Like, and I'm not, no, 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 no. Um, so I had to be on the phone with Costco Logistics for 20 minutes to reschedule. Oh, and it was Lord. for, yeah, it was for like th this past Monday. And I was like, Ugh, fine. I'm running out of clothes, but fine. Um, <laughs> I didn't end up having to go to the laundromat. I, I hate going to the laundromat, so I didn't have to do that. So they came on Monday. They had to take my side door off of the hinges to get the thing in, but that was literally the only hitch. Everything else was fine, and they both work knock on every wood. I haven't had to deal with any issues so far, and they're great, and the steam function is wonderful. I So that's what I want to know about because I have considered – I am – uh, not an ironer. I only bought an iron because one time Missy was visiting and I knew she would judge me that I didn't have an iron. <laughs> so I was like, I guess I'm going to buy an ironing board and iron because I don't do that. Um, but I also have been interested in getting a steamer at times if something yeah. is super wrinkled because I don't know, it just seems like it works a little bit better, especially on the fabrics that I tend to wear. It's like, you know, if it's a 
dress or whatever. It just seems to work better. Um, so I'm interested in the steaming function. Yeah. I have a steamer and they are great, but they're not good for little things because you have to apply tension to the fabric. Yes, and you can't yeah, yeah, yeah. do that on a, like a napkin without burning yourself with steam. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally just broke down and got, I got like a tiny little ironing board, like a half size one that just sits on the floor. Yeah. So I'll sit on the floor and watch Broadchurch and iron my little <laughs> napkins. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very happy with the washer and dryer. So far, so good. Everything's fine. Dis- despite an annoying install, it turned out okay. That's actually like a very limited, I mean, it's like an annoying, and this is what it irritates me about this process with, with the, you know, appliances. It always feels like you're recreating the wheel, like you're like reinventing it. And like, haven't they been doing this for a long time? Why is every situation so unique? I feel like it should be sort of generalized a little bit, but regardless, this was somewhat seamless yeah well and the other thing is they you know they called the the to do the re-delivery and schedule that and they were like between 3 and 5 p.m and i was like okay fine great and it was on monday and i was like i'll be here it doesn't matter but for people who have to go to the office i don't know how you do that because they don't give you a choice no it's either you take it or you have to call them and reschedule so i was like fine three to five whatever and they called me at 12 30 p.m and we're like we're here (laughs) (laughs) cool like if i didn't work from home this would not work no i know (laughs) So I just don't know how they do such a bad job at at, at managing all this. But yeah, I've been lucky out. in the past because it only takes me about 25 minutes during the middle of the day to get home from work. So if they give you the 30 minute warning, mm-hmm. I was always able to run out and make it back home in time. But, yeah. You know, if you got to commute, what are you going to do? Well, then that doesn't work for everybody. Some people can't just like right. step Peace away. Out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. I don't know. It's annoying and stupid, but gratefully, I work from home and it worked out. Yeah, I do remember, you know, before Dave, I mean, I'm mostly back in the office, but before Dave was, either of us were home and it would just be like, who's going to stay home? Like, who can stay Mm -hmm. home and meet this person and kind of sacrifice before working from home was like a option that you could do. I was talking about the other day in my old office in 20, I mean, it wasn't that long ago in 2015, 2016, I used to use the, my tower, like my, cause I didn't have a laptop. I had just like a desktop and I used to use the tower as my footstool. Like I would just <laughs> put the, my foot on and then I was like, wow, that was the time when I didn't have a laptop. And I just like, when I was done at work, I was done. You which just is turned kind, it off and you I'm, went home. I'm yeah. like, bye. I mean, which is kind of nice in a way, but like, yeah, it was those were the days. I mean, when I, I worked for the hospital. I had a, I didn't have a laptop either. And when we worked from home, we had to use our own computers. <laughs> oh and God. that was the case until like a year ago. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you want to pay me for this? And they're like, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I remember when I first moved into this house, it was the first time I've ever had a water softener because, you know, New Brighton water is hard enough to cut glass. <laughs> And so I was setting it up with the water softener people and I don't know, it was a rental unit, whatever, I own one now because that was turned out to be bullshit. But they're trying to sell me on the program of they'll come and deliver salt for the water softener like once every two months. And I just thought, I, I work, I'm in an office. I can't, you know, just be home to let the delivery guy come in whenever mm-hmm. he feels like and they're like well you can just give him the garage door code and he can come in what? and do it when you're not mm-hmm. home and i'm like i am mm-hmm. not comfortable with that no. let me tell you 
Mm-mm. Letting no. a strange person just have access to my house. And I know that, you know, the garage door openers now are super fancy. So you can do a custom code that'll only work for a certain amount of time for a person. But mm. no, no. And no, no. likey. No. Mm-mm. It's just somebody in your personal space. I mean, I'm not that interesting. It's not like they're going to find anything, but it's like, it just feels Odd. I don't know. That's yeah. a lot of trust to put in somebody you don't know at all. <laughs> you literally you know. Never met it's like, yeah. <laughs> Especially <sighs> as a woman who lives alone. Yes. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, for sure. All right. Well, congratulations, Meredith. You made it out mostly Thanks. unscathed. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I'm proud. All right. Let's move on to the mailbag. Um, before we get into the last week's question of the week, we do <laughs> we do have a question from. Um, listener we couldn't Gw- skip this. Come no, on. no, Gwen Payne. Which actually is a. It's like that's a good name. That's a good. It doesn't sound that fake. No, I'm like, I like the name Gwen for some reason, and you know, Payne is P A Y N E. Um, she says like major. You think she's related to the <laughs> famed military? Uh, hello there. With COVID making a slow departure, fingers crossed. Is it? Mm. I don't know about that. Many families are still finding themselves cooped up together due to virtual learning, quarantine restrictions, or general precautions. Unfortunately, And unfortunately, many of us have run out of ways to stay sane and creative amidst the stress. What do you think about an article with tips on how to deal with frequent issues that result from being cooped up together? I'll use a professional but friendly tone in the article to share best practices for making it through the toughest minutes and hours of the day. Would you be interested in this article? Thank you, Gwen Payne. And the website is InvisibleMoms.com, which I'm like, ooh, what is that? Ghost Moms. I'm on there right now. (laughs) So cool. It's a terrible, it's a garbage site. It's nothing. So now she never actually pitches us us anything. She says, would we be interested in this article? Interested in to do what? What? (laughs) How? That's so vague. It's like, publish it on our website? Does this ever work? Is that's Have what I want to know? On as a guest. <laughs> hey Gwen, what's up? Mom's on the pod might be coming up soon. So do you want to be on that? <laughs> you can be our invisible mom. <laughs> Well, they have they have a blog, and the latest blog post is from May seven of twenty twenty. Oh, it's how perfect! To start an affiliate program for your e commerce store. Mm. Oh boy! And then the other one is April twenty eight fourteen. Legit ways moms can make extra money while juggling the chaos of kids. So this is just like a fake like entrepreneur. This sounds like an MLM enabler. Right. Fast forward yeah. to our um, recommendations yep. and. <laughs> So she says she'll share the best practices for making it through the toughest minutes and hours of the day. What do you suppose the toughest minutes and hours of the day are? She doesn't I mean, decide that for me. When exactly. I, when the kids were babies, like the toughest minutes and hours were from like four to bedtime. Cause you're like, what the fuck am I going to do right now? I mean, mm-hmm. cause it's like dinner and then like kind of, but um, I don't know what that means though. Really? It is like, I mean, not to harken back to TBTL, but whatever the um, that guy that would email them like the in the early days, like the stupid, like are we? I'm actually kind of excited. Like, are we on that like email list of like? You think Rich Gazarian has our <laughs> yes. number? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if we got a Rich Gazarian email, I would be so. I'd be like, can we call him? Like, oh, I finally wanna- made it. <laughs> I know we did it. Oh gosh. Well, thanks, Gwen. We appreciate. Um, the 
communication, I guess. Does she think we're a publishing platform? Is that what's going on? <laughs> and thanks for being a listener, Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I almost spit out my drink. When she said <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, on to the real listeners. Um, the question of the week last week is um, what movie makes you think of space? And we got quite a few um, answers and replies to that. Rosemary says, the first one I thought of is Contact. I have no idea why. Well, because it's an amazing slash bizarre movie with some poor casting, but that's okay. Because you're on uh, Hillary's wavelength. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Um, Kristen says, Apollo 13, The Black Hole, and strangely, Flash Gordon. Now, I need to say, um, this is my sister, and my other sister also said, yes, Flash Gordon. I'm like, is this something y'all shared together? Because I don't remember it You were invited. All. No, not at all. I don't I remember this. Flash Gordon was a little bit before our time. Yeah, I think I so. Think. I, I mean, mean, like, was I'm, he hot? I've is seen that it. the reason why they were all horny for There him? must have been a song involved in it because they were, or something, some sort of theme of some sort because they were, oh. I have no idea. This is it's not very I was cheesy. Involved. It's an incredibly yes. cheesy movie. I know that. I need to ask Dave because, you know, Dave is, was born in 72, so he has a few years on me and he will be like, Oh yeah, totally. That's oh yeah. The, the... Flash Gordon's was in nineteen eighty. Okay. All right. And he's so I got was a like a late seventies T shirt and um page boy haircut kinda Yeah. Like and the I... mid the butt cut for men kind of of the yeah. late seventies, early eighties. He's kinda hot in a yeah. blonde sort of seventies way. Yeah. No, I when I saw the picture, I was like, okay, I get it, I guess. Like, oh no, wait, I changed my mind. He's not no. hot. Not in that picture, he's not. <laughs> um, well, maybe I'll maybe the next Livingston get together, we'll all sit around and watch Flash Gordon. It is <laughs> weird because you know, I, as I've said many times, the four my older brothers and sisters were all grouped together within like. Carter was born in '67, and Matthew Carter being the oldest, Matthew being the closest to me, was born in '73. Sorry, Matthew. So, like, they're all kind of grouped together really closely, and then I'm 78. Not that I'm, like, that much younger, but I am enough younger that they were all, like, interested in other things than I was. So, they have some they have some bonds that I do not have. But also, my parents were way nicer to me than they were to them, so I win in that <laughs> respect. <laughs> um, a picture number 33 of 210 on IMDb Uh Flash is in some little black leather underpants and oh. his arms are chained up. So maybe that's why they are into it. <laughs> mm, it's like early uh, tween attraction. I guess. Yeah, I <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Lane says hidden figures, time for women and especially women of color to get their due. And yes, Heck we yeah. we loved it. We covered that on the West Virginia or whatever that region of the country mm-hmm. uh, yeah. one. So I think that's probably why we. But yeah, that's a very enjoyable movie. Megan is an Anne acolyte. She says Space Camp, VHS childhood favorite. <laughs> Thank you, and, Megan. And she knows man. quality cinema. She does. Laura says Moon. This is a super messed up, a great movie. I have. Literally never heard of this movie. I before. haven't either. Mm-mm. Which, you know, says a lot. Uh, Jennifer, my other sister, says absolutely. Flash Gordon. Ah uh-uh. ah. I don't know what that means. So I'm <laughs> I'm in the dark. Um, please inform me, Livingston sisters. Maggie. Well, Maggie had like it was quite a um, story going on. <laughs> Maggie. I'm not sure if 
She says, one of my favorite movies is Mars Attacks. Now, later on, my sister Kristen said, The Martian as another option. And then Maggie said, I think that's the one that I meant. But then, so I'm not quite sure if it was Mars Attacks or... Well, they're so similar. I see how you could make that yeah. kind of error. I mean, it's basically uh, a remake. The Martian. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. One is Tim Burton. Yeah. One is... You know, yeah, no, that's not, um, not quite, but you know, I, Mars Attacks is one of those movies that sometimes I need to go rewatch movies because I remember like when my parents saw something and they said, oh, we hated that. And so I have internalized it and just never seen it. Now I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan. So like, I just never saw Mars Attacks, but I think maybe they went into it expecting more of like a space movie and it's more of a satirical movie. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've just never seen it. And I, it, Tim Burton's aesthetic, I can like take it or leave it sometimes. I mean, I love Beetlejuice and I like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but I like don't enjoy the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I don't know. It's it's hit or miss a little bit. Um, Alicia says Star Wars, original trilogy, zero <laughs> meadow frolicking, <laughs> <laughs> Independence Day, and of course the animated documentary series, The Jetsons. <sighs> Alicia, of course. I'm still so pissed that we're not at a point where our space uh-huh. ships don't fold up into briefcases. Mm-hmm. Really, and you can just take like I mean, I love food, so I want to eat food, but like also it'd be kind of nice sometimes when you're in a rush that you're like, okay, just like I need nourishment I or need whatever, a pill. just like give me this little yeah. pill and that maybe you could also taste good and to have a rosy. Um, it is funny though. There are some things like the you know, remember when they like Jane would get on the like. Face like the FaceTime basically, and that seemed very like oh that's so futuristic. Mm-hmm. And now we just like, have that, which is mm-hmm. weird, mm-hmm. but it's in a lot of future. Yeah, Back to the yeah, Future shows too. in a lot of different ways. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was more like this huge big screen TV that you have to have. <laughs> I just to. don't like yeah. that the Jetsons theme song puts Elroy before Jane. Uh, yeah. It's so sexist. And like, I mean, I think I've discussed it many times, but like George sucks. Like he's mm-hmm. terrible and he's not good at his job and he's rude. The most interesting character is Jane and kind of Judy because she's like the fun teen. But like, it's like Jane, Rosie and Judy. Elroy is whatever. And George sucks. But I did love it. I, I love the Jetsons. So I did too. Um, Jessica says Galaxy Quest, which Galaxy Quest is super fun. That is, that's a fun mm-hmm. movie. I enjoyed it. It really holds up, and yes, it's one of Alan Rickman's better roles, and mm-hmm. that's saying something. I know, I know. I mean, after Sense and Sensibility, yeah, actually, God, <laughs> Alan Rickman is such a good actor. Like Robin Hood is not a good movie. Like it is not a good movie, but he's so he's good so in good it. in it. He's so he's like the best villain. He's he's perfect in it. No, it's it, he's great. My 14-year-old self would beg to differ with you, Hillary, that of these is not a good movie. <laughs> I think the first song I slow danced to at, like, uh, in 1991 at camp was, uh, you know, Everything I Do, I Do It For You, which was, like, the biggest song. I mean, it was just, it was played everywhere, and it was the closing song to um, Sanborn Western Camp's, you know, 1991 dance. It's very <laughs> exciting. This random I boy think- asked me to dance. Even as a 14-year-old, I knew that Christian Slater had no business being in that movie. Like, he's not a (laughs) historical-type actor. No, he is a late 80s, early 90s actor. Yeah, he has a very modern aesthetic that certainly doesn't fit itself into a medieval story. (laughs) Oh, no. And neither does Kevin Costner, honestly. But, 
Oh, whatever. It's enjoyable. Um, okay, Jonathan says alien, and then Scott replied to him and said, and aliens. The rest of the series is less good. Um, I actually have never seen Alien or Aliens because it looked really scary to me. My dad loves those movies, like loves, loves, loves. And he did text me that y'all, we should have chosen that. And he said, hold on, time out. He said something. Let me see. He said, you could have discussed get away from her, you bitch. And I'm like, well, I don't know if we would have discussed like <laughs> it just for the one line, but he does. That's the movies. part that I don't like though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as you guys know, I watched both alien and aliens for the first time last year at the beginning of the pandemic when I was dead inside as a coping me- <laughs> mechanism. I didn't feel anything. Oh, so right. I could Cause you watch like horror movies. movies. Yeah, yeah. Although I um, bailed on the shining cause I thought it was boring. Um, but I did watch both Alien and Aliens, and I think Alien is amazing, and Aliens was doing a very different thing. It was much more of an action movie, and I actually didn't like so much the action sequences in the end of it. I mean, where Sigourney Weaver's being a total badass, but it just, it got a little bit cheesier then, and the original Alien, with a young, very hot Tom Skerritt. Yes. Yes. That that's something. That movie's worth watching. Yeah. Well, I know. Well, it you know, it's it's Ridley Scott who also directed The Martian and yep. he's one of those people and he directed what Gladiator. He's one of those people he directs a lot of movies. He has two movies coming out this year. And he's one of, he just directs a lot of movies. Some of them are really, really, really good and He's always a good director. Like, aesthetically, it looks so good. Sometimes, you know, it's hit or miss as far as, like, if they're, the content is actually good. But I think that was one of his first, like, big hits. Um. So, anyway, whatever. We can... I'll, maybe I'll maybe I'll <laughs> tune in. Um, Julie says, as a child of the 1970s, Star Wars and 2001, A Space Odyssey come to mind immediately. Um, 2001, A Space Odyssey is one of my parents' like big arguments in their movie going. Because as I've said before, my parents go to the movies a lot. They watch like watching movies is one of their hobbies that they do. And that my dad loves 2001 and my mother hates it. Like hates it she hates that she hates the apartment and it's like two of my dad's like favorite movies and they just like my mom's like no it's terrible you're done goodbye mm-hmm. <laughs> i think the end of 2001 is too long well yeah other than that it's really interesting and creepy i don't think i've seen it since i i mean like i know sort of i i have seen it at some point in my life but have not toned back after um uh, what's the tom cruise movie um uh you're going to have to help me a little far, more. No, um, um, the, with Nicole Kidman, not far away. The um, Days of Thunder. No, oh, no, no. The, the last the sex one. one. They, Eyes Wide yes, Shut. He oh, Eyes Wide that. Shut. Yeah. <laughs> Eyes Wide Shut. He the directed, sex one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick. That's sorry. What I was, and so when I was in like a film minor, people, you know, all the guys are so obsessed Horny with Stanley Kubrick him. that I think that, that I like my personality was being like, I don't like Stanley Kubrick. Like, I think he's overrated. So I sort of like dug my heels a little bit into it. And so I need to go back and look at some of his stuff. Cause I think I didn't like him for so long. Cause I didn't want to hear about people jacking off to him so much. Um, okay. <laughs> Amanda says ET, which is like kind of spacey. I mean, it is like space oriented. Obviously ET is an alien. Um, and that movie is, 
a good movie. Like, I mean, it is just, it's, yep. I freaked out when I saw it as a little kid. I definitely saw it in the theater. It's and scary they had, for little kids. It is. For it sure. Is. And, and I was like, I, I didn't look exactly like her, but I sort of had a Drew Barrymore aesthetic when I was a little kid. So everybody would be like, oh, you look sort of like her. And that was like a thing that I enjoyed. But also it really scared me. And when, But the thing that I love about that is if you watch it now, the mom just like leaves the kid home when he's sick. Or she's like, bye. <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's so, 80s oh, yeah. It's so great. It's like, yep. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm going to work. Okay, great. Bye. Love those Pizza Hut lamps they have yes. in the kitchen. <laughs> yes. Oh, and it does oh a God. hell of a lot for Reese's Pieces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, something that I love is I love a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. I don't love a Reese's Pieces, though. No. It's, it's very nice. Nice. It same. It doesn't yeah. translate mm-hmm. into the... I try like, to, yeah, I try to convince myself every once in a while that I like Reese's Pieces, and it's just not... M&M's is... Uh, How about the Reese's peanut butter cups that have Reese's pieces inside? I think that's sort of distracting to have mm-hmm. the little Reese's yeah. piece nuggets yeah, I don't like in it. the nice and smooth yeah. peanut butter. Agree. I would rather have peanut butter M&M's than I would Reese's pieces. Oh my yeah. God. 100%. I want my casket to be filled with peanut butter <laughs> M&M's. Put me in and then fill up the rest of the space. So oh my gosh. Good. Now God, I so want But then is it full though, Anne? Like, is the ca- <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Linda says, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is my cheesy space movie. A towel is about the most massively useful thing an interstellar hitchhiker can have. Uh, True. I've never seen it or read it, so it is that is foreign to me. But I haven't either, and everybody tells me I have to. I know they're not the boss. What's the guy? Martin? Yeah, Freeman is the guy that Mm -hmm. started it. I like him. He's he's Watson in the in the Benedict Cumberbatch shows. Okay, Tier says Interstellar, another movie I have not seen. uh, you know, some people really love it. I think it is very, I think sometimes space movies can be very like a mood, you know, it, they're like about, obviously about more than space. It's about like connecting with your childhood. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I, I don't know. I, I think like that space movies should be about space, frankly. Yes. yes. And I think that's a lot of the ones that we pick were like, these are about space less than it's about like connecting with your childhood or your father or whatever. Um, Scott says Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. I think that is the only Star Trek movie I have seen because my dad loved it. And it's like, Khan. Mm-hmm. We're going through them one by one slowly. And that one was very enjoyable. I think that I really trace my fear of insects yes. crawling into my ears. Yeah, it's so yes. gross. It's so like, it's so disgusting and up close. Mm-hmm. And I think it's designed mm-hmm. to make you feel yep. creepy. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, it's really gross. Um, Scott says, Star Crash, an Italian ripoff of Star Wars made in 1978 that features David ha- David Hasselhoff as the hero, sexy space Amazons, ripoff <laughs> lightsabers, Christopher Plummer <laughs> as the Emperor of the Galaxy, and very improbable physics. Well worth a watch. We gotta see that. I'm kind of interested in that. I mean, you know, Christopher Plummer is like hottie of the decade or the yeah. century millennia so, yeah i know yeah. i i looked closely at the picture that scott posted i i am willing to see this <laughs> yes i mean listen if we can i wonder if how easily accessible it is we'll have to look it up 
Um, Brandon says Interstellar, another one. Top 10 all-time favorite. I fall asleep to it probably once a month. Not because it's boring, but because I've seen it so many times, it's white noise. Bringing endorsement, Brandon. I fall asleep to it. I fully understand. I went in college. I used to put on like office space or I was obsessed with this. This sounds more highfalutin than I mean it to, but I felt I was like obsessed with this movie. Um, Notorious, the Alfred Hitchcock movie. And I used to fall asleep to it on my VHS. And I had one of those VHS players that would just like start it over again. It was great. And I would wake up in the middle of it and I was like, "Mm, this is comforting. Good night. (laughs) Um, Breaking news. You can yes. rent Star Crush for two ninety nine on Prime <gasps> Video. Ooh, that's worth it. <laughs> hmm, I have to do that. I'll make it Rory watch it with me. Um, okay, what? Brand- what about those sexy space Amazons? He's too young. <laughs> I'll I'll cover his eyes, or maybe I'll tell Dave to watch it and be like, "Tell me about it." Can Rory watch? Oh this? my God, they are sexy space Amazons. <laughs> wow, <sighs> that is a small bikini. Well, that's like space <laughs> aesthetic. Mm-hmm. How tiny can your bikini be? I know it's very cold in space. I don't <laughs> I understand the lack of sense. clothes. Yeah. Not very protective from the elements. Um, okay, Kalina says space balls. We watched it constantly when I was a kid, but I was a teenager before I knew it was a spoof mo- of a movie called Star Wars. I wish I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> really funny and um, there's a space balls cartoon that rory one time watched and i sort of like in the background i was i'm such a good mom that i'm really paying attention to what my kids are watching and all of a sudden i was like no no like there were it was it was way too blue for a, at that time like a four-year-old i was like even though he doesn't really understand it i was like I, you can't you can't watch this i mean they're they're throwing out a little bit too much for that uh chris says gravity i love the whole loss in space genre i've never seen gravity I think um, Inuritu is the director, and I think he won. It was one of those years where they split director and picture, but I can't remember what, what won. I think that, well, I know Gravity didn't win Best Picture. I think he won Best Director, and then something else won Best Picture, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, Bet says, sorry, Bet says, Space Jam, of course, and we're back, a dinosaur story. <laughs> I have never heard of that. Dinosaurs? What does that have to do with space? Is it dinosaurs have in to space? Watch it, I, know. Mm, I don't know. Uh, April says 2001 Space Odyssey. And Kristen, my sister, rounds it out with it's The Martian, which I know she loves The Martian. That is definitely like a horror movie. So thanks, guys. Um, y'all are all a bunch of nerds, but we love you. And so are we. So it works out well. I just put a really smoking picture of Christopher Plummer. Um. See, now you don't even have to watch it. I can just... Oh, no, I'm going to watch it. These pictures are something else. Let me tell you. Look at his gold chains. So it's an Italian movie. Does that mean it's in English with Italian subtitles or opposite? Like, did David Hasselhoff learn Italian? I don't know. I don't think David Hasselhoff Oh, God, he's so hot. (laughs) Look how stern he looks in there. He's like, I'm (laughs) mad. (laughs) <laughs> to quote you, I love a stern disciplinarian. <laughs> he's got a little bit more. I mean, you know, he's got some chains in there and some spray painted. Some metallic. interesting tinfoil. <laughs> yeah, <cauldrons>. exactly. Show <laughs> pick. Yeah. Um, no thanks, y'all. That was fun. Okay, let's move on to medium talk. Um, All right. My, my hobby is looking at pictures of 
Christopher Plummer. <laughs> in all phases of his New career. Hobby. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to talk about hobbies uh, this week. Um, I don't know why we decided to talk about them. It's just because we can. I guess I was thinking, you know, pandemic-wise, yep. um, it was a fruitful time for new hobbies. And I, I thought maybe we should talk, maybe what defines a hobby? It would be something that you do for pleasure, right? That you don't get paid for. Once you start making money at your hobby, then it's a gig, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a side gig kind of yeah. situation. Yeah. Yep. So I was thinking about things that have come to prominence in the last year and a half. And it's all a little bit cliched at this point because there have been a ton of articles written about it. But we'd have to start about with the sourdough bread baking. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, if I were you, Meredith, I would have been extremely irritated by that. Because you were already Yeah, get off my lawn. (laughs) (laughs) This is my bullshit. (laughs) I I was always kind of intrigued by it. Um, And when I... um, Gosh, I don't even fully remember when, but um, it was early when I moved back here and Gregory couldn't have regular bread. And it turns out that fermented bread is less of a hit on the blood sugar. Mm. So it's a little bit easier. He can't have a lot of it and it's not a frequent thing. But um, if he's going to have bread, sourdough is is much better tolerated. It doesn't spike his sugar. So I was like, well, that sounds like a fun thing to do. I'll see if I can figure out how to make sourdough. And I did. And it's great. And I made some today, actually. I made two new loaves because I lost tons of it in the mm. in the power outage. <laughs> because I tend to, to, there's only two of us, and I, you know, we can't go through two loaves of bread before it goes bad. So I, I slice it and freeze it. And I had to throw away, I don't know, six or seven bags of bread. <laughs> I don't understand uh, the math of this. How do, do you expect that you will ever get through it all? If you just keep baking loaves and putting it in the freezer? I, do, I ran totally out um, once or twice. Huh. <laughs> well, and I have this fear of running out of things, right? So yes, I have to true. make sure that I have a consistent stock. And um, starting over from fresh is kind of appealing sometimes. So that was a good excuse for that. But um, I, made, I made a couple of loaves right after the power came back on. And those didn't last us too long because they were small. So I made two of my regular sized um loaves today so you have a starter right or do you call it are you one Mm -hmm. of those people that calls it a mother no ew no No. i'm like meredith we're not gonna be friends if you call it a mother i know i know some people do that i don't like it i call it a starter um some people give their starters like cute names like Mm. um i don't know like uh a yeasty boy or something (laughs) no no, um, we're getting perilously close to like pun names for businesses. Oh, it's yes. extremely punny. Yeah. Um, so I'm not into that. I don't I don't name it. I, I'm actually not very precious with it at all. Once it once it gets started, it's kind of bulletproof. Um, so I keep it in the fridge and I feed it once a week at a minimum. And if I'm going to bake, I will feed it um, a couple times before that um, just to, to get it perked up and more voluminous because sometimes you need a lot of it. Um, so, but that's literally, that's all. And it's just a one-to-one flour water mix that I put in there and that's oh, it. Oh, I was going to ask what it eats. Like mice? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sometimes the cats bring it like <laughs> flies and I, you know, drop them in there. It's nice. I mean, it's, it's a, a protein. It's in the family with a Venus fly trap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I just use, I, I'm loyal to King Arthur. Um, 
I'm a, su- a loyal subject of King Arthur. <laughs> I, <was gonna> <laughs> I didn't realize how that sounded until it came out. Um, and I, I feed it with um, King Arthur bread flour because it has a higher protein content than all-purpose. Or oh. every once in a while, I'll, I'll mix it up and give it a whole wheat. And it loves whole wheat because there's more nutrients in it. It goes crazy for whole wheat. I think I even have King Arthur bread flour right now. What do you start it with? Do you, I mean, you feed it with flour and water. Do you start it with flour and water? Or do you yes, need, you do. And you know. I don't fully remember the process, but again, King Arthur has a really good tutorial. And that's the one that I followed. Um, mm-hmm. But you basically do, um, you start it out uh, just as flour and water and leave it open so that it collects yeast and stuff from the air, which sounds gross, but you know, it's no different than the yeast that you buy at the store. Yeah, And it starts to kind of um, uh, make this microbiome of of the correct kinds of yeast and then lactobacillus bacteria that break down gluten and once you get that going i don't know i haven't been able to kill it and it's been several years now so it's it's relatively simple i have a question because um this is a i mean kind of what we were talking about with with once you turn it monetize it it becomes like you know more of a side gig or whatever and i find anytime you monetize something so you you mostly start to resent it a little bit you know Mm -hmm. is it something that you still really enjoy doing it is it's something I look forward to because even though I've been doing it for a few years the actual bread making part is tricky and there are so many different variables um, that it's kind of hard to even follow a recipe sure it's just one of those things that you have to just fail a million times in a million different ways and try to just figure out what you did wrong (laughs) I don't like that it's yeah. tough sometimes. I mean, you know, I've, I don't know that I've ever made one that was so bad that we didn't eat it. Sure. You know, it just wasn't like beautiful, maybe, or it didn't rise as much as I wanted it to, or I didn't score it very well, or, you know, something like that. Um, it's usually not major issues because it does hurt um, to like make a bad loaf because it takes like three days. <laughs> so you're like all that effort. And you're like, I just and, waste my time. Yeah, doing yeah. This. Yeah. So you have to eventually you learn like what it's supposed to feel like at certain stages, what it's supposed to look like, how it's supposed to act. Like it's very, it's intense. Like I'm on the sourdough subreddit all the time and people are like, (laughs) oh, well, okay. If it's a little bit shiny and if it jiggles a little bit, then it's done proving and blah, blah, blah. And then it's very specific about temperatures and stuff. And so there's always like, it kind of fits in with this thing that I really like about my hobbies are things that are easy to start and impossible to master. And I think this fits that really well um, because I could probably make sourdough for the rest of my life and every single loaf would come out differently. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know if I like that. I want to reach consistent perfection in my I'm life. sure you could do that. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Um, do you have one of those special slashy knives to do the scoring? You know, I got one um, when I first started, and it was I found it kind of annoying to use, and so now I literally just use an X-Acto knife blade. Hmm. And I find that's easier to control. I mean, I guess if that does the trick. It does, yep. And also good at waving at your husband if he gets out of that's line. That's right. <laughs> yeah. he, I know where they are. He doesn't. Um, and have you ever gotten into bread making? Is that not really? They tend to be two different branches of the baking tree. Um, and there aren't that many people that go both deep into bread making and dessert baking. Sure. Because there's such different skill sets. And if you're 
baking desserts, it's probably because you got a sweet tooth. <laughs> and that is not, you know, a concern for bread. But I messed around with it. My mother's a dessert baker, and she got interested in sourdough. And I, you know, she, she for a while, um, she, she started a starter and did all that. But she is, she can't even keep a plant alive. So um, she killed her starter mm-hmm. just by neglect. Yeah, see, I'm thinking your mom and I have a lot in common. Yeah. <laughs> I want a meeting of the minds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you it's guys a, would have a lot it, to talk about. Yalta or, you know, Grand Rapids. <laughs> Yep. But I've messed around with a little bit of bread baking now and then. And I did pick it up more last year a little bit. But, I mean, you say you can't eat all the bread you bake with two people. I got one person. I know. Here, I know. That's why so. freezing is good. I mean, it mm-hmm. works It works really well. We ma- we pretty much only ever use it for toast. And, mm. and so thawing it in the toaster works perfectly. The problem is that I a lot of my freezer space is dedicated to dough. I got right. I got a lot of gingerbread dough in there right now. <laughs> well, you don't have to make sourdough. I'll release no, you from that. No, but obligation. but I would like to because on the day that I scam my way onto some sort of baking competition, bread is definitely going to be my weakness, yeah. and yeah. so I need to, you know, like you said, I think there's nothing. Um, that can take the place of experience when it comes to baking bread. And so mm-hmm. not having that experience puts me at a disadvantage when doing yeasted things. And I can tell even when I make yeasted desserts, like um, taught myself how to make danishes and stuff. Boy, were those good. Huh. But mm. I could tell that I was just not that familiar with working with yeast. And so. Yeah, it's a different. Didn't they make sourdough on great British Bake Off once and they had to like cut to the next day? Yes, they had one. It wasn't sourdough, but they definitely used starters for it. And they had like, they had 30 minutes at the end of the Saturday, which they typically don't do to like get the starter going. And then they had to leave it overnight and come back the next day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a whole other animal. It's time consuming. Yeah. As I recall, a couple of people did not have good results from that. Yeah. Um, which is why you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Meredith was on the sourdough train before it was cool. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, what other pandemic hobbies have cropped up? I would say jigsaw puzzles. People yes. were into. Christy, didn't you oh, get yeah. a whole bunch of jigsaw puzzles? Well, there were like pieces. Yeah, missing? every puzzle we did had a piece missing, even if it was like <laughs> so frustrating. We had even bought them from the store, so I don't know if like. The piece fell off the floor and then the um, robot vacuum ate it. But (laughs) yep, we got we did probably six puzzles and none of them were complete. I kind of wish I could do puzzles, but the cats would either uh, destroy them. I mean, they would destroy them or like pee in the boxes Mm. or something. Like I just don't. (laughs) I don't think it's worth finding that out. You'd have to have some contraption, like you'd have to do puzzles under a mosquito net or something. They yeah. have things. Well, the way, speaking of sourdough, the way that I I cool my bread because Bear wants to eat it is I put it under um, wire cloches. I think I've talked about this before. Oh, yeah. Didn't you like, clip them on? cloches. Yep. And I clip them to the, the cooling rack with binder clips and he can't get in. And does he try? Oh, yeah. You can put yourself <laughs> like, in a mesh tent and do the jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Or him. 
<laughs> yeah, he gets in the mesh tent. <laughs> you can breathe. It's fine. I'm the grown up. <laughs> I get a hankering to do a puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle, about once every 18 months. Yeah. yeah. And I bought one. Boy, I just, I so rarely do any completely frivolous spending. Like, when I buy stuff, there's always at least some pretext that it's going to be useful, that it's something that I need. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think maybe it was when I bought a new my new fridge or something and I got like a rebate online gift card or something. And I bought like a, one of those really fancy Ravensburger. Mm-hmm. It was a 3000 piece puzzle. And it is so satisfying. I think it took me the better part of a month to do it just in my spare time. But what a great way to like put on a new podcast Mm -hmm. that you had to catch up on a lot of back episodes and just work your way through them and just chill. That's what I would do. Into it, man. It was yeah. It was very meditative. Yes. I I when I was like an older. Um, maybe like 13 or 14, my mom and I used to do puzzles together. There were some sort of subsect of mystery puzzles where like you would read the mystery and then, I mean, it was short. It was like, it was like a page or two and then you would do the puzzle and it would like solve the mystery in oh, the puzzle. Oh, that's fun. Scarlet in the conservatory with the candlestick. Kind of. Yes. Yes. And it was super fun to do those, but it is with little kids. It's kind of tough, but I do really, really enjoy a puzzle. Just kind of like, it's it's a little candy crush ish where you can yeah. yeah like you were saying like you turn off your brain I mean you have to use your brain but like also a different part of it where you're not critically thinking about stuff it's just more like okay does this fit here does this fit here I I really enjoy it and I like it because there's a finality to it like at some point you're going to reach the end and mm-hmm. that's that's where you get, and I think I did look for a puzzle like half heartedly look for a, you know a thousand piece not not anything too intense and. In the very, you know, maybe in May of the pandemic of 2020, it was, they were all sold out at Target. Like, you could not find one or Amazon or whatever. You couldn't find one anywhere. I find that you got to be careful with the image because there are certain things I'm just not interested in doing a puzzle of. Like, I probably, like, I mean, this is an example, but I wouldn't be interested in doing a puzzle of Harley's. No, no. That wouldn't feel rewarding. But there's a lot of, like, um, country americana totally kind oh, of yeah. stuff with you know american like thomas kincaid kind bunting of stuff. <laughs> well i was thinking yes definitely thomas kincaid stuff like uh, um, the master of light <laughs> twilight in the wintry village mm-hmm. kind of thing but i was thinking more like um towns that have like farmhouses and there's the general store and there's the geese walking in the street and stuff i'm like this is just a little too cutesy for me yes i agree i totally agree gwen Uh, Payne, are you listening (laughs) this is what you do when you're stuck at home with your family do a puzzle (sighs) although the frustration of knowing that there's an edge piece in there somewhere and you just can't find it that is the thing. Whenever I did puzzles with the kids, even when they were like little babies and they're doing these like 10 piece puzzles, I'm like, find the edge. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> of course. Well, this, yeah, you start with the edge strategy. Early. Yes. Why would you do anything else? That doesn't make any sense. No. To no, do anything doesn't. but start with the getting a frame right. <sighs> so dumb. Um, okay. What else came up during the pandemic? Well, I did, you know, one that I think it was one of my like T she recommends was walking, which I know sounds sort of silly, 
And it's not really even walking for exercise. I mean, I guess it is because you were stretching your body and, and moving, but I went on extremely long walks. Like they were, you know, upwards of two hours of just, and I would get lost in my neighborhood, not my neighborhood. There's green belts around my neighborhood that I never explored. And I would just sort of get lost and be like, Oh, nature. And I'm sure the people that were frequent walkers were probably annoyed by me, but it was, it actually really did take my mind off it because I don't know. You have enough room to sort of stretch your legs. And if you saw somebody coming by, you could get out of their ways. I mean, it's so funny to remember, like, do I put my mask on now in the very early days of the mm-hmm. pandemic? We're outside. Like, does this count? I don't really we know. We went for a bike ride one time and we're like, do we need to wear masks on the bike trail? I know. I don't know. I, I know. This sucks. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was definitely one that I hopped on. And I I'm think a still, lot of people do that just I know. to get out of the house. And I'm still doing it. I still, even in the dead of summer, I'll still do it because it just is something that clears my head a little bit and I can make phone calls or, you know, listen to podcasts or whatever and just kind of like be by myself. <laughs> and nobody can bother me. Oh, around here, gardening was a big one. Um like everyone had planter boxes and none of the stores had soil that right oh, <laughs> because we sure. have those we have three in the backyard that Jeremy built probably three or four years ago that we haven't filled with dirt yet and I was like this is the year we're gonna do it nope couldn't find any soil <laughs> also roller skating everyone got into roller skating oh too. right yeah. right right I think that house plants became a big thing too Yes. Um, I recently heard, and I don't know if this is a reliable source, but the stuff that you use for um, climbing poles for like cl- for climbing plants like monsteras is becoming endangered oh. because people are are are, are house planting so much. Um, so Gregory just three D printed me one for my monsteras so that we can fill it with moss and it's not uh, a drain on resources. Wow, oh, you're so yeah. good. That just reminded me, hey, this ties two subjects together. When I go on my lunchtime walks, which I'm trying to keep doing. You know, when I was in the office, I went every single day just because to, to get out of I the got, office. I got to get out of yep. there. And yep. and also back when I was first having back problems, just to get out and walk and stretch things out yeah. really. But I've been trying to keep it uh, up now that I'm home in a place that I like all day. <laughs> uh and I noticed, have noticed this summer, one of the people, not my neighbor, but down another street that I walked down, they started this garden, but it is the weirdest garden that I've ever seen because there's no garden space. They just like planted stuff along the edge of their lawn. And even like at the little grassy spot that's between the sidewalk and the street, I mean, I think that's like, isn't that public? I don't know, but... I assume it was. So they didn't like dig garden beds or anything. No, 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 no. They they did not. Okay, I'm gonna (laughs) put this in Slack so that you can see his pepper patch. I mean, I sort of get why because it's really hard to dig up grass for. I've tried it and it's like, oh, this isn't worth it. I don't know, but it's really. But then I weird. At that point, I stop. Like then I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this (laughs) because it's like. Here's a cucumber, and here's some tomato plants, and here's a couple of peppers, and I just don't quite understand what this gardening is, because it's not planted anywhere that's going to 
help them grow and it's in the public pathway okay there now it's coming through weird um, oh, yeah it. weird. it's next to a telephone pole like a utility pole that oh and he's even got mulch down yeah so this was very intentional because it does look like oops there's a pepper plant like <laughs> yeah. it just grew here it's i think it's it three like. different kinds of peppers these are the yeah. hot peppers yeah, yeah he has bell peppers further down the street <laughs> weird <laughs> He's got like one um, squash plant <laughs> planted next yeah, to the driveway. Yeah, they've got supports and everything. Like yeah. that's very intentional. Wow. Alrighty. I can't believe nobody's come by and picked them all. I know. God knows I want to. I know. Like, I'm a bad I, person. You're like, can I just have one, please? I just, just want to try it. I don't know. Well, the house is not um, kept in. In ship shape, let's put it that way. It's, it's yeah. a little what I would call ramshackle. So I don't know what's going on there. What are we using for fertilizer? <laughs> I need the details. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So what else? Maybe we should go into our, I mean, we've t- started touching on our own hobbies. Let's start with Christy. Because Christy, you say that you were a person without hobbies. <laughs> yes. But I don't think that's true. No. Well, it depends on what we're counting as hobbies. Like, it, right. That's the discussion sticking point. Exactly. Here. So, um, I like watching TVs and TV and movies and listening to podcasts. So, mm-hmm. and also, um, li- like experiencing other people's drama. Like, I love to hear about like <laughs> people's like. Christy, you and I are the I same person in yeah, that way. Are. We're like, I think you sent me a meme about it. And I was like, yes, yes. that is a hobby. <laughs> um, um, so do those count as hobbies? Well, I don't I know. It's so. interesting because on the face of it, absolutely. Like watching TV and movies, that should be a hobby. Something that yeah. you do for pleasure in your spare time. that brings you joy. I think it's just that it's so pervasive maybe the it's almost like a default setting for americans is that we watch tvs and movies Mm -hmm. and things and so if it's not something that you've deliberately chosen that's a path that's not followed by everybody is it still a hobby and i think so and i think that you bring like more care and attention to it than most people yeah because i like to cultivate like list for people so if they tell me their top five favorite shows or movies like i will make a list of what you should watch next yeah yeah you take some care into it it's not just like blah i'm watching whatever <laughs> big bang theory or whatever <laughs> mom i guess i don't know man of the it. house is that yeah. i only enjoy shows with laugh tracks <laughs> <laughs> that's my right. hobby it's a dwindling uh <laughs> What's that guy, Chuck, Actually, whatever? You only, Chuck yeah, you only like Chuck Lorre jams or whatever? Mm. Oh, my gosh. Wait, side note. This is a, like a side tangent. So, um, Norm MacDonald died on, I don't know, Tuesday, I guess. And Dave and I were talking about it. And I... My one brush with Norm Macdonald as he came into my store one time, and he was actually very nice, super like a super nice guy. He, but he came in with um, Bob Saget, like they came in together, oh and God, so I know no. it was like very much like of the time. And I would say that Norm Macdonald was very nice. Bob Saget was also nice, but um, I was twenty four, and like that was the hottest I will ever be. Um, and he 
reflected that was like a little not norm mcdonald bob saget was a little like um, a little creepy to you yeah a little gross um but i was 24 so i was kind of like celebrity likes me and it's like danny tanner anyway when we were talking about it over dinner in more vague terms than i am talking about it now bridget said i know that name bob saget like i've heard that name before and i said oh i know why you know and so i played her the clip and i was like look of the opening like whatever happened to predictability and she was like oh yeah and she was like because she has watched all of full house and i was like oh god bridget is going into the land of like laugh tracks like she oh, loves no. it because it is very comforting to her i think it is just sort of like oh everything is resolved by the end like it's a very kind of easy you know it's not breaking bad or whatever you know the sopranos where it's like this is, there's some ambiguous anti-hero this one it's like no there's the hero and and it tells we you when the something's end. funny. That's why we've been, yeah, we've been watching Bones lately, and it's very much like that. Like, you know it's going to get wrapped up yes. by the end. There's yes. some overarching storylines, but yes. each each individual episode is a self-contained unit. And I love the exposition that they do explaining certain things. Like, <laughs> oh, you definitely had this experience last episode or whatever. Like, they say it so obviously so that you didn't have to necessarily see the last one to get what yep. was going on. Yep. So great. Yep. I think uh, I'm glad that we're past the period of time when TV shows have characters named DJ anymore. Mm-hmm. I think yes. that was a low point. Yeah, it was yes. rough. Tough. Yeah. America. Tough. Donna Donna Jr. Donna Jr. Right? No, Donna Jean. <laughs> Donna Jean. Donna Joe. Donna Joe. Donna Joe. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Oh. Yeah, that's it. I some apparently tough stuff. looked like her Deej. at that time because my grandma called and said. You didn't tell me Christy was on a TV show. <laughs> yeah, try being me when Blossom oh. came out. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Well, you did kind of have that long hair, Christy. I did, yeah. I, I had long hair until, gosh, till college. Although I have to say your grandma should have been able to tell yeah. the difference. <laughs> also once sent me a birthday card with a black kid on it and said, do you remember when you looked like this? So maybe she's not the best. What? Like maybe your eyes need to get checked. I don't know. <laughs> TBD. <laughs> no, but Chrissy, I do think that you, you, what I enjoy about your TV watching, movie watching, you will watch anything i mean not anything but you will watch stuff and have an opinion about mm-hmm. it. it it is something that you enjoy doing and you develop thoughts about it. i mean you and i will have discussions about ted lasso or yeah. whatever and it's like you know we we dig a little bit deeper than just like that was good yeah or you know you're just mindlessly i mean you know we all i definitely two screen it but yeah. sometimes you know like with ted lasso definitely is not one that i generally two screen because yeah. i really want to pay attention to it oh well Ted Lasso actually spawned a new um, hobby that I have that I took up, which is cross stitching. Um, so, oh, <laughs> that's absolutely a hobby. <laughs> well, I'm Come so <laughs> bad at it. Like, I, if I so? showed you the picture, it's so bad. And mostly, so what happened is I was on vacation for two weeks. One where I was actually doing stuff, and the and the second where I just was at home. And my goal for myself was to not check Slack, not check my email, not do know anything about work for the first time like basically ever but I just have this habit of like scrolling on my phone where I check my email refresh it check my work email refresh Mm. it go to slack look at all the chant like over and over and over again and it's like an anxiety thing I think that I do 
And so yeah. I had to do something with my hands. And so I was like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll try to do this thing that I did when I was like eight. <laughs> and um, Yeah, I watched YouTube videos on how to do it. I'm really bad at it. But it's the it's with Ted Lasso because I found on Etsy this um, a pattern that is Ted Lasso themed. So, oh, Ooh. I was going to ask, do you do count it or no count cross stitch? Um, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> a no count cross stitch means that the pattern is printed on the oh, fabric. No count, then. And counted means that you get the pattern with it, but then you have to like look over it yeah. and you're, you count all the stitches. I and count stuff yourself. all the stitches. And that's the problem is I want to do it while I'm in bed, while I'm watching something. So instead of two screening, I'm like, and my eyes are probably getting too old and I'm like trying to count the little holes. And so there's lots of white space. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think that's great. That just reminded me of something I used to do when I was little and I don't even remember what it's called, but we used to make rugs with little pieces of yarn. Yes. That was so much fun. Yup. That is cool. I would do that again. That was fun. (laughs) Look that up. I know I'm I'm notoriously crappy at crafts like anytime a craft is involved I'm like nope but I do remember when I was a kid at camp we used to do finger weaving where you would like just like yes um, with the yarn oh that or, was fun or that or like lanyards mm-hmm. I was never really that great at it mm-hmm. but I was like oh this is sort of soothing because you're just sort of, like it's like almost like puzzles where you're just sort of yeah yeah you're doing something with your hands you're kind of thinking but it's you can think about other stuff while yeah, you're Yeah, that's doing what it. I needed. And and I don't yeah. even care that it looks crappy. Cause I'll probably just throw it away. But um, I don't know. But yeah, that's how you learn. Yeah, it's absolutely something to keep your hands oh, yeah. busy while you do other things. So I used to cross-stitch as well in my early 20s. In college, I had a roommate who used to cross-stitch. And you know, we would sit and we would watch. She loved Highlander. She wanted to watch mm-hmm. Highlander every <laughs> night. And whatever, she had the TV. So I would go into her bedroom and we would sit and watch Highlander or something together and she would cross stitch and one night I was like can I try that and she was like really really mm-hmm. and I said yeah and so she you know she cut me a little fabric and gave me the embroidery floss and all that and I started cross stitching and it really is so nice just to have something to do with your hands while you mm-hmm. watch TV because you can feel mm-hmm. productive. Right. Sure. Also. Yeah. And probably seven or eight months ago, I was looking for something in my fabric storage chest um, of drawers and I found a cross stitch kit that somebody had given it to me. I swear to God it was my mother, but she doesn't remember this but it was like a cross stitch pattern of a victorian house and yard and i was like what the hell it's been 15 years since i did one of these and i had the best time doing it it looks great and i have absolutely no use for it i'm not gonna frame it take a pillow out of it or give it to anybody no it's just folded it up and it's like sitting on my bookshelf right now and eventually i'll i'm sure i'll throw it away in a fit of cleaning it was just really fun. Yeah. It is nice to have something like to do when, especially when you're watching TV. That's what my mom does um, with, she's very, very crafty and she can't cross stitch anymore because of tendonitis, but she'll do, you know, the hand parts of quilting uh, mm-hmm. in front of the TV or I don't know if she can even knit anymore, but she used to knit and um, crochet as well. My mom used to needlepoint and it always mm-hmm. looked so fun to me because it had the, you know, those big 
long um, needles, basically. And she would needlepoint um, ornaments for us. Then, then she would take them to like a like a knitting store, and they would stuff them for like they looked like. Um, stockings but they were ornaments they were really and she would make them for each of us every single year which now i'm like jesus christ like god like, how did you have time <laughs> to so do that work. but but uh five but it, children i know and it, but it always looks sort of fun like it just like it click clacked you know and you're just doing that i guess while you're watching tv the primetime lineup yeah <laughs> uh, you know moonlighting is on yeah. so you might as well oh, yeah. needle point while it's going oh this on. is even before must see tv <laughs> oh yeah no this was yeah a little moonlighting, some new heart, designing women, what have you. L.A. Law? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was a good one. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> oh, 30-something? My mom made us... Remember that one? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yes. Which is We've depressing We've got now. each, like, personalized um, Christmas stockings. I forgot about that, that are cross-stitched with our names on it and our, our like, hobbies. Oh. Um, what was yours? So that's very topical. I don't know how I forgot about that. I'll take a picture okay. of it next time I pull it out. Ooh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I have a... Is it cross-stitched? Something stocking that my grandma made me when I was born. So I do treasure that. Mm -hmm. Um, Meredith, I really do think that I should be your mother's child because, you know, I also do quilting. And I picked it up many years ago, like when I felt like when I was 24 or 25. And I always thought, God, I am just way too young for this old lady (laughs) hobby. (laughs) Never. But I did and it was all because um when i first started working retail one of the things that we carry at the store was kaleidoscopes and not like little kid kind of kaleidoscopes but actual art objects in the late 90s and the 2000s there was a real sort of renaissance for artists to make kaleidoscopes in like wood and stained glass and brass and we're talking like hundreds of dollars for Jeez. these essentially, you know, handleable art objects. And we sold lots of those. And going along with them, we had the kaleidoscope paraphernalia. So like lots of different books, like the histories of kaleidoscopes and different artisans and all different styles and all of that. But there was a book called Kaleidoscopes and Quilts, I think it was. And one day I was bored and I started leafing through it. And they were so cool. Yeah, they're really cool. That's really cool. I started reading about it and I was like, I want to learn how to make quilts like these. But the thing is, they're not really beginner quilts. It's not the first quilt you make. It's probably not like the fifth or sixth or seventh quilt you're going to make. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to teach myself to do this. But I enjoyed the quilting process so much that I've actually never gotten around to making a kaleidoscope quilt. (laughs) I just taught myself to make regular quilts. And now I have like so many ideas. And since I do them on my hand, including the quilting part, it takes me like a year. Yeah. To do a quilt, so that's why my mom doesn't turn it into a, a paying hobby. It would yeah. Well, you talked about how she loves doing the baby quilts so yes. much, and yes. you, when my nephews were in utero, I discovered the joy of baby quilting because they're mm-hmm. smaller and they they're don't little. take as long. Yep, exactly. Well, I'll let my mom know she's got a third daughter. <laughs> She'll be happy. <laughs> And and it is absolutely, it's like a huge project. I made one for Matt for his college graduation. I started on it when he was a sophomore 
And I actually didn't finish it until the Christmas after he graduated. Jeez. And I will, if I do say so myself, it was stunning. And it was so big that I couldn't find a box to wrap it. So I had to get like the biggest gift bag that Target had and just kind of like put some tissue paper up around Mm -hmm. it. And it's one of the best moments of my life because when he took it out of the bag and he looked at it and he saw how detailed it was and how much work I put into it, he cried. And then I cried. Do you have a picture of it? I'd love to see it. Um, I'm sure that I do. I think so. Let's see if it's on this phone. What if you're or not. like, hey, can you send me a picture of it? And he's like, oh, I donated it. What are you talking it? about? Goodwill. <laughs> Goodwill. Well, well, it, was owned. it was very impractical. In fact, it came from we were at the State Fair once in the Arts and Crafts building. And he saw, uh, we were looking at the quilts, and there was like a blue and white one. And he said, oh, man, I'd love to have a quilt like that someday. And I said, a blue and white quilt like that? He said, yeah. And I was like, done. Mm-hmm. I will do that for you. So it's like snow white with different shades of blue, which is not that practical for, let's be honest, a young man's bedspread because yeah, sure. yeah. they filthy. They're dirty and yeah. they don't like mm-hmm. to do laundry much. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I made it all look and I'll see if I can find it. It was a number of years ago. Now it was probably 10 or 12 years ago, but I'll see if I can find a picture of it somewhere while we're talking but i'm in the middle of a quilt right now and i'm in the actual quilting stage and if i just kind of got on top of it a little bit more um i go through phases where i'm like i'm in it i'm finishing it i'm doing this and then other uh times where i do want to two screen it and just fuck around on my phone while i'm watching tv it's hard to do that with something so detailed sometimes yeah yeah you really can't do it so um what else do we have going on people well i was I mean, I also love to watch TV, but I guess podcasting is a hobby since we don't get paid for it. (laughs) I think that that is entirely appropriate. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is something I still enjoy doing. And, you know, sometimes when you're like, oh, am I going to do it? I'm tired. I don't know if I want to. But then obviously once we get started, it's like, let me go. Like, Yeah. It's always fun once we start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't stop me and it's it's definitely like an enjoyable process and it's something that adds to my life and makes me friends and people who I consider I'm very close to that I don't even see all that often but um I love it and it is it's definitely something that adds to my life on a weekly basis yeah agreed love you guys you guys Aww. are you guys are my picture on my like janky ass podcast computer when I booted up on the second screen shows the picture of the four of us from outside the singles building oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that was fun that was really fun Christie's tour of o Seattle <laughs> yes <laughs> it's a really cute picture and it makes me happy when we went to that Starbucks <laughs> yes oh yeah the rich people Starbucks I remember <laughs> yep 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 it was really fun. So definitely that because it's like I go to Seattle now. Like that's a, a city that I go to is Seattle on a yeah. regular basis. I think like Boston and Seattle are the two cities I go to other than, you know, Austin and Dallas. Aha. Uh-huh. I like it. I found the quilts. Yay. Yes. Under random pictures. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good organizing strategy. I know. I Let's see. Can I just drag and drop? I can. All right, well, it'll be coming along once my internet decides that it's happy to to, share it. I don't know. Processing uploaded file. 
God, isn't technology great? Did you ever think, you know, I've been getting, this is totally off topic, but I've been, you know, getting a little bit of flack on working from home kind of thing, like with my department director being like, well, you didn't used to work from home before. And we were like, but that's because we didn't know that we could. Mm -hmm. Even 10 years ago, this really wouldn't have been possible for most people because we didn't have internet capability. So also he can shut the fuck up. True. Oh, and wow, that's amazing, Anne. That is oh, that is beautiful. beautiful. I'm My proud of that one. That is it should be. Wow. Uh, yeah, dang, nice work. That new show be. picture. Yeah, that's better say. than Christopher Plummer. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I. He's not even alive. That. Yeah, <laughs> he can't. He can't enjoy it. All right, so uh, let's see, Meredith. You have more hobbies than just the, the sourdough monster. Yeah, I mean, yoga is probably uh, definitely a hobby for me, something I've been doing for a long time. Um, Did you ever get like yoga certificate, yogi certification? No. Um, so like, yeah, teacher training is something that you can do. Um, there's 200 hour and 500 hour. And I, I would never want to be a teacher. I don't think I would be a very good teacher, but I've considered doing that um, just as a way to like learn more. But I don't know. It's I don't know. I don't know, especially not right now. I'm not going to do it um, because it's very much an in-person, like high contact thing mm-hmm. <laughs> with other human beings. So um, I've kind of decided that it, it's also very expensive. It's a it's a good way for studios to make money. Sure. Um, and so I've decided f- for the, the several thousand dollars that would cost, I could easily go on like seven yoga retreats, which is something I think I would rather do. So when traveling becomes a thing again, there's several retreats I've got my eye on. So hopefully... Get your damn vaccines. Now, this is a dumb question. Hmm. But how much yoga does one do at a yoga retreat? I don't know. I've never been on one. I uh, feel like I it's mean, a lot. It seems like it could get to be a bit much. Yeah. Well, I would hope it'd be voluntary. I don't know. Because <laughs> I... <laughs> I com- Force it compulsory <laughs> yoga. We're going to do hurt, the Bikram you know. yoga. Come on out to the sweat lodge. Oh, Ugh, no, no. I mean, I injure myself if I turn my head the wrong way. So I, I got to be really careful with that sort of thing. So that would be something to look into ahead of time. But and I, I really don't know. I don't know anything about it because I've never done one. So No, I've never done teacher training. I've thought about it, but I don't want to teach. No. No. Oh, interesting. But it started out as a way I started doing it when I first moved to Texas and I was working from home permanently for the first time. And it was just a way to get out of the house and be around other people. And it turns out that's my favorite way to be around other people where Uh I don't really have to interact with them, but they're around. (laughs) They keep telling me I need social interaction. I just haven't seen any evidence of that yet. I don't think so. Not everybody does. People who need it think everybody does, but not everybody does. I can be at the grocery store and be like, all right, got it. I did it. For the month. Yep. <laughs> That's enough interaction for me. I used to have a thing every once in a while. I'd be like, I just really feel like I need to be with people. And I would go to the Mall of America and just walk around and not talk to anybody. Yes. Right. But just sort of being in the periphery of happenings. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was yeah. enough that I needed to get me, I don't know, juiced up or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, this episode is running long already. I, honest to God, I thought this would be short. <laughs> I know, I did too. I, know, I was like, too. 30 minutes? What? No. But unless anybody has anything else they want to 
talk about in terms of our hobbies, we have to go to the quiz portion of the show. <laughs> Let's go to the quiz. Yeah. <laughs> because we thought it would be fun to find some new hobbies that we could try. If you're like Christy and you're like, does that even count as a hobby? That maybe we could find something solid to latch on to or maybe new areas of growth for ourselves. So when we looked, you know, for appropriate quizzes, of course, I think like the first three that came up were probably BuzzFeed. And we said, uh, so we went to Hobby Lark to take their um, what kind of hobby should you have quiz. And we all took that and we were like, mm, let's take the BuzzFeed too. <laughs> Maybe that'll be a little bit more straightforward. <laughs> Because this was kind of a weird one, this hobby lark thing. This required um, a spreadsheet. It did require a spreadsheet. I don't know how you could do this without a spreadsheet. I'd like to know what instructions were very unclear. What Mm -hmm. did everyone get as their like number one? All right. Well, let's do a quick rundown of the categories. Because the first part of the article talked about a whole bunch of different kind of categories for hobbies. And then you took the quiz and the results didn't match up with any (laughs) categories they talked about. Yes. Which Christy pointed out. And I was like, I was like, I thought I was going to find some hobbies. And then it didn't. didn't. Uh, Yep. Same. Oh, shoot. I hit the wrong link. I went to your sexiest hobbies, according to men, by accident. <laughs> Fuck that one. We're not talking about that yes, one. That no, sucks. Like, yeah. uh, okay. 150 plus hobby ideas broken down by interest and personality. Okay. That's much better. So then there's this whole long thing. You have to scroll all the way down the list of hobbies, and then you get to the quiz. Scrolling, 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 inexpensive. Okay, so then there's 10, 11 yes or no questions. And then depending on whether you answered yes or no, you got points or didn't get points in each category. So the categories were individual sport, team sport, crafter, adventure seeker, outdoors enthusiast, enthusiast spelled incorrectly, by the way, yeah. <laughs> um, artist, brainiac, manly man. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I mean, if any so of us fall weird. into that, no, no. it'll be interesting. A uh, foodie and history buff. So, okay, Christy, you start. Um, should I just, I got a three-way tie. Ooh, oh, interesting. Wow. Um, Artist, foodie, and history buff huh. were my top three. Hmm. But so like, what agree would with that? That encompass. I would say probably um, is, but the history buff one is weird because it's the suggestions were like study the Titanic, <laughs> like, okay, or like um, collect Americana. I'm not collecting anything. I need less stuff. No. Uh. I mean, I think the the only thing, just because I was recently did this um, ancestry thing, that's kind of history ish, yeah, and that, was that on is there one too. of them. Research and create a family tree. That's kind, that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although I let the trial expire, I I did cancel it before it expired, so it did not charge me nice. for once I managed to do that. But that was kind of neat. Although it occupied me for like four days. <laughs> um, Christy, would you want to do battle reenactments? Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh no. Like oh, attend like- Renaissance fairs? <laughs> oh, yeah. Not even that. Like I, I like museums. No, but hear, hear me out. Okay. Renaissance fairs have the giant turkey legs. Mm-hmm. So that's the history and the foodie. 
And they have artisans that sell like stained glass and and earthenware mugs and stuff. So that's they always the have a blacksmith, part. right? Yeah. There's we actually it. a Renaissance fair that is all of August here. <laughs> There's one here that's still going on until October. Yeah, and then the, every week is a different theme. Like it'll be fairies one week. I've never yep. gone. I just don't understand what pirates and belly dancers have to do with the Renaissance. Well, that's some- it's I'm, just I'm fun. telling you cosplayers that go to Renfests. I don't know what fairies have to do yeah. with the Renaissance. Nothing. Nothing. I also don't like turkey, so I think that's Oh, right. oh I forgot oh, you were yeah. vegetarian. That is a problem. Yeah. So, um what if they do um bread bowl soups? What if they had like a nice cheddar broccoli bread bowl soup? Okay. Do you think there was cheddar broccoli in Renaissance? <laughs> well, they oh, yeah, because they're so concerned with historical accuracy with everything else. <laughs> they did, I'm a history they buff. Did I need to be bread trenchers <laughs> that they had like soup and stuff in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's historical. Sure. Soup is very historical. <laughs> I think I'll just go with the foodie I, I, or art if if that consider that if that consists of cross stitch or something else. Sure. Can what do. kind yeah. of foodie would you like to be? I don't even like that term. I just like oh, to try new things. And so I don't know. I just like to make like perfect bites. Like if I was, if I was on a cooking like championship thing, my thing would be like those big soup spoons, like the Chinese soup spoons filled with the perfect bite of something. Mm. Mm. I like that. Seems like a lot of work to get to that, though. I know. Well, you have to make a, you know. Well, it's a hobby. It takes right. time, right? <laughs> Would you ever do like a tour of tapas restaurants yes. or something? I love tapas. That'd be good. Appetizers are my favorite thing. Yes. Like mm-hmm. if I could just have appetizers and like some kind of dessert that's probably caramel based, that would be the perfect meal. <laughs> yeah. I decided that if I ever moved to San Francisco, I would want to make a restaurant club where those of us who are in the club every week or every other week or whatever we would go explore a new restaurant rather than just you know staying in our little neighborhood area because you could go to a different restaurant every night for years in san francisco and not repeat Mm -hmm. yourself and so i thought that would be super fun we did that here but what was really annoying is like first of all i don't eat meat they were all meat eaters and so it was hard to share and then mm-hmm. also they were drinkers. So Jeremy and I don't drink. And they were ordering like $15 to $20 like uh, martinis. And they're like, let's split the bill. No. Not no, going to no, split. No, no. We don't need no. to split the bill. No. no. <laughs> I will totally do that with my family. But no, I don't know. If it was like people. a long running club, maybe. Yeah, I it was like monthly. Yeah. yeah. I would probably want to be like, I would want it to be like, okay, this is a vegetarian food club. Like. Something right. that's like something and I bet in a big we city don't you drink could... or put yeah. the drinks on a separate thing. I mean, that seems yeah. like that's something you should do anyway. Right. I don't want anyone else to have to pay for my drinks. That's horrible. What about yes. the hot guy watching you from across the bar? Mm. Well, that never that never happened. So I don't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> they were afraid All right. of me. Uh, let's see Hillary. What do you got going on? I mean, so I like at first again, I was like, "Am I a a dumb, a smart dumb person?" Because I was, I really was like, "I don't understand how this works." But then when I sat down and actually read it and didn't skim it, I it took me a long time too. Mm -hmm. So my number one was 
relaxing, I guess. But I didn't see any. <laughs> I didn't see any like things that really. I don't know. So I don't know. Watching TV and shit, I guess is is mine. The number two one is history, um, and right under that is physical activity, which like actually makes sense but I don't really I mean as we've discussed like I'm not gonna become a civil war buff I'm not gonna reenact stuff but I do enjoy reading about history I love a a good Wikipedia (laughs) deep dive (laughs) as deep I question whether Wikipedia and deep dive are compatible (laughs) (laughs) um but There was nothing in here that I was like, oh, yes, this is something like taxidermy is something that I'm really interested in. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's it's one of those things like I I I find that I am like and and maybe I have ADD or something where it's like I always say at work, I'm like a Swiss Army knife, like I'm a little bit good at a lot of things. So that's why sometimes hobbying is tough for me because there's nothing I'm so interested in for so long that I'm like, yes, this is what I want to focus on for the next few months with the exception of like walking or watching TV. Like that is a long range thing that I enjoy. So it's sort of finding something that is sustainable for me. When you read, I mean, reading definitely counts as a hobby. Yeah. 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 Listening to books either way. Yeah. Vegging, like looking into the middle distance for yeah. long periods of time. That's called meditating, <laughs> and it's a legit hobby that shows up on every list. It does. I, I don't know if we call it meditating anymore. Um, we just call it mindfulness. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. everybody can do mindfulness. Yes. Yep. Yeah. What if mine was like teaching music? What if that was what I... <laughs> I'm just looking at the list right now. Um, no, but like I I do find as far as you know, if it is something for stress relief, if it's something to let myself out, I have realized the older I've gotten, the thing that works best for me as far as a hobby, which is not something that's producible as far as like, you know, a quilt or anything that I can show off really is, is exercising. And I don't even mean it like I need to lose weight. Cause I actually don't really even think like exercising. I mean, if you want to lose weight, which is not that's the best like, way to do it. it. Yeah. No, it's like 90% what you're eating and whatever. That's a whole other topic. I need to exercise to get my mind off of things. Like that is the best way for me to get out of myself. And that's the thing that I found that I like to spend my time doing. And it just, it like I need to do it almost every day because I, it just, if I raise my heart rate a little bit and it's not like psycho, it's just, it's sort of like for 30 minutes a day, I need to just focus on something that's outside of my brain because my brain can be sort of a scary place to be sometimes. <laughs> so that is just something that like has always helped me and actually helps me think of solve problems sometimes because I'm not thinking about it so intensely. And when I raise my heart rate or just do something else, then it makes me be like, Oh, that's what I should do. It just kind of comes to me. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of my hobby of choice for now. So there are divisions between individual sport and team oh, sport in this place. I quiz. am an individual sport gal. Absolutely not. I don't like a team sport. I mean, I like watching a team sport. I thoroughly enjoy a team sport watch best, mm-hmm. but I get really nervous about failing the team. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't want anybody to, like being goalie on a soccer team when I was a kid was my worst fear because like, I, don't depend on me. No, I, I am not going to perform. I do not raise, I, I, I won't, I won't do well. I get way too nervous about it, but when yeah. it's just me, I'm like, okay, like I'm the one that's in control of the situation and I can do as well or as poorly as I'm going to do. And nobody else is going to get upset about it. 
That's so funny. I think that you say that, that you don't want to be on a team sport because you don't want to let down other people. I would never want to be on a team sport because I would never want to have to depend on people. Wow. <laughs> people always let me down. The other side I know. of that coin. I, know. I want to be in control of my own destiny. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I definitely can see that because then you're like, come on. Are you serious? Like, I wish, can't people just try as hard as me? That was one of the things that endlessly frustrated me about being in choirs, speaking of another hobby, was that other people didn't bring the same level of focus and dedication that I did. Because, you know, a choir is only going to be as good as its worst singer, right? And so I would get so frustrated by, you know, having to hold myself back for other people. I think my thing is that with with team sports is that I don't if I'm going to mess something up, I want to be the one I don't want to be mad at somebody else. Like I don't it's hard to describe, but I would rather be the one to screw things up because then I know it's my fault. <laughs> like I, I can be mad at myself. I don't want to be mad at somebody else. That makes sense. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Well, speaking of you being on a team, Meredith, what did you come up with for um, your hobby directions? Well, surprisingly, kind of. I got outdoor enthusiast. Ooh, enthusiast, enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I mean, that makes some sense. I we do like to to spend time outdoors. Like we we will cycle. I just spent an obscene amount of money putting a trailer hitch on my car so that we can get a bike rack. That you goes have a Subaru my car and for. His, you don't I have, have a Subaru. Subaru. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it it just naturally grew a trailer hitch so I can have a bike rack on it. My golden retrievers are coming soon. Um, so yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, the, the description for this one includes um, uh, look for a hobby such as bird watching, fishing, noodling, oh. biking, camping, or hiking. And we do a lot of hike. I don't know if you can call it hiking. We do a lot of walking in the woods. Um, there's no, there's no hills here. So, um, it's not like we're climbing mountains, but there's a lot of woods and, and we do like to go exploring in the woods. Cool. Don't eat the berries. I say that almost every time we go out and I don't know if he listens or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if he eats the deadly nightshade, you'll know. So I, I don't think that mine is particularly surprising. I had two that came up at the top and slightly above was artist. Yes. Hmm. So, and I, I that. figured that my music stuff definitely falls into that closely followed by crafter. Well, yeah. So that I think really hits the bullseye. I don't know. I don't really need a new hobby because I feel pretty good about the ones that I already have. And you have hobbies. And I think that you do like you make the most of your hobbies. Like it's something that I'm impressed with. You stick to it. It's something you enjoy. Um, And yeah, it provides you like comfort and entertainment. And I think that's awesome. And you're not and you're not trying to have a side hustle. Which I no. respect yep. because I feel like that's what a lot of people do. They're like, oh, I'm like, I'm pretty adept at this. I'm going to make it into a new career. And then I think it destroys it a little bit. I mean, yep. if you want to do that, fine. But like, I think it kind of, it dirties it up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think that you really have to, it's like, it's like when actors say that they would never want their children to be actors unless they were absolutely called to do it i i think if you're going to turn a hobby into a business it has to be like a calling yes. for you yeah. otherwise it's not gonna be fun no more then you have to like bill people for shit and that's not fun <laughs> that is not a good time 
You just have to get successful enough that you can have somebody else yep. do all that for you. Yep. Uh, well, let's wrap this up by quickly seeing what the wisdom of BuzzFeed <laughs> had for us. I can start with mine because I laughed out loud when I read my results. It was actually a very easy quiz. And so they asked you the questions and there was a little slider where you could move like to the right for yes, this describes me and to the left for no, this doesn't describe me. Sort of like that. My results, you got... Baking. <laughs> Baking Surprise. is a relaxing hobby that's easy to get into because you can start small. Try your hand at some brownies or chocolate chip cookies. And before you know it, you'll be making roulades and cheesecakes. You'll get to enjoy the delicious results of whatever you make. And if your friends and family are lucky, they'll get to be taste testers. <laughs> oh, they got your number. Yeah. You're like, they sure did. You're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> I've never baked anything in my life. You know, usually we come away from these buzzquid quizzes being like, but boy, did this get me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I'm going to jump the line and just say that I also got baking. Yay! <laughs> As in all quizzes, you and yep. I basically get the same results. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hillary, what uh, did you get? I got, it is both um, surprising and not surprising to me. I got yoga, which is not, um, Ooh. I know, you know, I'm not really, I, I have taken yoga on a, like, a few occasions and I, I do, it's one of those things that I'm always like, no, I'm not going to do it because I want to just like go for a walk or I want to do something here, like some kickboxing or whatever but every time I do yoga I'm like oh I'm so glad I did that you know it's one of those things that I don't think I'm going to enjoy it but then really really enjoy so maybe I'll get more into yoga we'll see I can help you with that I know you can <laughs> Christy I got learn a new language oh, oh. Duolingo here we come I want something I can watch TV while I'm doing it <laughs> Duolingo takes like 30 seconds a day. It's not, yeah. <laughs> you can easily, that's another one I should have mentioned is my, my Dutch learning. It's kind yeah. of fun. You know, I was using Duolingo to try and teach myself some Portuguese before I went to Portugal. But what really irritated me about Duolingo is that, you know, you get all the achievement badges and stuff. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, they won't progress the lessons anymore unless you start winning the social badges. Oh, so you have to, no. like, join communities and follow other people. And I was like, fuck, Ew. no, no, that's not why I'm doing I don't want this. that gamified. I tried to do do that. I Like, Elliot and I were doing Spanish, and I took Spanish through high school. And I'm like, why are they teaching this? This seems like a really dumb thing for your first week of Spanish to be learning. So I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I don't think it's a standalone way to like become fluent in a language. No. <laughs> My sister did um, Pimsleur, I think. Oh, sure. For Spanish. Yeah. And she like literally can. She, she's very, very good at Spanish now. Hmm. Yeah, it would be interesting to learn Korean to be able to talk to. Oh, yeah. Oh, Papa fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so, I remember uh, once upon a time I was good at Spanish and we were talking about languages and uh, a guy that I used to work with 
um, was from Hong Kong and we were talking about languages and learning them. And obviously he spoke Cantonese fluently and he actually spoke Mandarin pretty well as well. And he was like, the thing about English people learning Asian languages, it's all about tone and we don't really yeah. talk in tone. Mm-hmm, we, we mm-hmm. talk, I mean, there's tone to things, but it's not, it doesn't change the meaning necessarily when you use a different tone. Mm-hmm. And that's so hard for you. It's like learning stick when you've been driving, you know, a, automatic for so long you're like i'm just having to relearn this it's a Mm -hmm. it's the same but totally different yeah q is telling me i don't remember what the word was but there's one word that has four different meanings and it's how you say it yeah 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 it's tough i mean confusing it is so i mean especially when i'm learning learning when i'm teaching my kids how to read it's like the english language is so impossible and it Mm -hmm. is so Mm -hmm. hard to explain Mm -hmm. and it is amazing that all these people that come to this country or actually you know it is sort of the lingua franca of the world now is a learning english and it is most languages have rules and we have almost no rules i mean we have (laughs) rules but they're Mm -hmm. always broken and it's it's pretty impressive that anybody can learn it not learning it uh, natively and there's a difference between like formal English and conversational yes. English too, yes. which is so full of idioms yes. yeah. and patchwork bits and pieces of other languages that, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Just kudos to anybody who yeah. can learn to speak it. Yeah. You just have to watch television for a long, long time, <laughs> I guess. And that's yep. how you get it. A little yep. full house, a little fuller house, yep. what have you. <laughs> well, let's wrap this up then with question of the week. I mean, it's an obvious one. You got to tell us what your hobbies are. And maybe you can spark an interest yes. in one of us that we could pursue something new. We can make a club. Yes. Uh, an online club dedicated to our hobby. hobby I don't club. know. I like this. Yeah, but let us know what you do for fun. Yeah. Inspire us. Yep. Oh. All right, Christy. Tishi recommends. Um, I'll go last. So th- I think this is Hillary. Is it? Oh, Lulu yep. Rich. Yes. Okay. Um, on our Arch Nemesis Network, Amazon Prime, um, you can watch um, a four-part documentary. I think they're each like 30-ish minutes long Minutes long because... I knocked it out pretty quickly before bedtime. So that mm-hmm. means that it was pretty short. It's um, a documentary about Lulu Road, the um, legging slash, I don't know, dra- whatever clothing brand that is a, an MLM. Um, it's fascinating and it's very funny and entertaining and kind of, I mean, it confirms all the stuff you think about MLMs, how they're kind of like a cult. Uh, it's very white. It's very like, feminine oriented in this weird Mormon way. Um, I don't, you know, we were talking about it. I don't know how they got the owners, um, the founders of the brand to be interviewed because they they clearly thought that they were being interviewed for like a puff piece almost like, Oh, this (laughs) this is going to positively show you. They don't think they did anything wrong. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. They don't think they, they they seem very, um, unself-aware. Mm-hmm. But I did hear that when the documentarians went back and asked them for a second interview, they said no. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Um, but there are definitely some really funny characters on it. There's a designer that's hilarious. Oh, she's that my she's, favorite. She's fantastic. There's a um, sort of a call center per- woman that is hysterical. There's another call center guy that's kind of odd, but also very funny. It's very entertaining. Dave even was like, this is great. Like he really, really enjoyed it just because these characters are, 
bizarre and how quickly, you know, it didn't really cross my transom a lot. Like I definitely saw it on my Facebook feed, but not a ton, a ton. But I, I knew a bunch of, I mean, Christy, you said you had a pair of pants. Oh, multiple um, leggings. I'm actually wearing a dress right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that the quality was that good was the thing at that first. Sus- yeah. Well, yeah, it sustained it because the quality was really good. Obviously, the whole purpose is to gain, you know, your downline or whatever. But, mm. um, but I think the quality at first was really good and people were really attracted to it. Um, and then it just started to go downhill and they got too big and it became very weird. There's a w- funny line about Mario Lopez the, the <laughs> you know, the, they have these like, um, you know, big, um, conferences and the nephew of the owner was like, yeah, I got Mario Lopez because he was really cheap to come perform or come to <laughs> <laughs> He was under budget, but I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love an MLM expose. So it was, it was, it was fun. It was a good one. All right. Next. I believe this is probably Anne. Oh, how did you know? (laughs) (laughs) You just put it there before I could. So this episode's going to come out on Monday, the 20th. I think that's correctly. And that means that, that this Friday coming Friday marks the return of the Great British Bake Off on Netflix. We know what you're doing this weekend. Absolutely. I have been rewatching the previous season just to get myself back in the swing of things. And I'm sure there will be a little uptick in my baking as I'm like, oh, yeah, I did make that Babka once. And that really didn't turn out. Maybe I'll take another crack at that. And can you remind um, me, do they put out all the episodes at once? No. Ugh. It's yeah, weekly. The That's Ugh. the way I like to do it. I swear to God, this time I want to do a little side podcast oh, on you Bake Off or something. I know, I know Meredith watches Heck it yes. right away. Yes. Christy watches it yep. at least. Maybe we could. I don't know. Yeah. I think it would be too long to add it as a segment on the regular show. Yeah, no, it needs but to be totally. a little, like, uh, yeah, companion piece. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll think about it and maybe... If we can do it without too much effort, maybe we can do it. It depends on if I like the contestants, I think. I was a little (laughs) underwhelmed at the last season. Mm -hmm. I will say that. I don't know whether it was pandemic-related, but I just felt that they were not the normal caliber of... Not Peter the winner. He was great. He would be in the final any season. But Lauren and David had no business being in a final, even though I love them both. Anyway... Set your calendars. I have Bake Off Returns. Woo! I'm ready. Finally. It feels like it's been a long time, but it hasn't. I know. Just a year. It's just been an extremely long year. (laughs) Oh, weird. I wonder why. That's weird. (laughs) And my last one is a show that's on Peacock, which I know a lot of people don't have Peacock, so this is my suggestion. Get the seven-day free trial. watch, Watch Rutherford Falls. And then watch two seasons. They're short. Um, two seasons of five bedrooms. This is a comedy. I guess they call it a comedy drama from Australia. So lots of cool accents about five people that were seated at a singles table at a wedding. And Ooh. they're all successful in what they do. And they're like, even though we're successful, we could never buy buy a home like we could there's no way that with the real estate prices 
so they're all drunk and they're like, let's buy a house together. We love each other. <laughs> and so they do. They go and they buy a house that has five bedrooms and then live as roommates. And it's great. Hilarity and I, sounds like yes, fun. I love it so much. They just released season two and I watched it in one day. Um, there's only eight episodes because, you know, usually those British, British or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so worth it. So get Peacock seven days. You'll love all the characters. <laughs> Prompt. Seven oh. days, <laughs> and then just put it on your calendar to cancel on the sixth. That's day. what I yes, that's what I always do. Oh shit, it's very stressful. Yep. All right. Um, yeah, Rory really wants uh, Peacock. There's some various. I don't know Marvel. I don't know something's on Peacock that he's There's interested. A super in. hot guy too on the oh. show that is worth the. Peacock. You're selling me on it, Christy. <laughs> and the accent. I mean, come on. I'll Get send you a picture it. of a man signing up. <laughs> um, all right, let's get involved. The website is thisshowhaseverything.com. You can also use throwyourphone.com. You can send us invisible mom memes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, everybody knows about this. Um, join the Facebook group if you're so inclined. Um, the show Twitter is at Tishi Show. Email us at tshe at 10710.com. Hey, her 11th birthday is coming up pretty soon. I will always remember yeah. it because it's 10710. <laughs> yeah. um, send us a voice memo. You can fax Bobby your butt or, you know, your MLM or your hobby at 617-354-8513. And thanks for joining us, y'all. That was sort of everything about hobbies. Tell us, tell us what you got. Give us a hobby. We need a hobby. Not really, but we do. <laughs>
believe this show is two hours. <laughs> what can. is wrong with us? I don't know. We're <laughs> Meredith always head. knows. She I knows. Do. Wowzers. <laughs>